All right, folks, how you doing? Welcome back to the True Results 303 podcast. Once again, I am Russell. Thank you for tuning in and spending your time here. Your time is valuable, so I appreciate it greatly. Once again, don't forget to go to the YouTube channel, True Results 303. Subscribe to that. I'm always putting workouts there with clients, maybe some workouts that I do at home in my garage. Sometimes I'll do recipes in the kitchen, of course, motivational, spiritual videos, talks, just things that I learned from reading books and doing my own research. I share these things with you because, of course, knowledge applied is power. So if I'm not sharing it, I'm not doing my part. Same thing here with the podcast as well. Go ahead and visit the website, trueresults303.com. I've got a newsletter there you can sign up for, and then you will just get emails about once a week, once every 10 days, letting you know some of the information that's been put out on YouTube, excuse me, through the, the podcast. And hopefully I'm going to be coming out with a couple ebooks here for anybody that is interested so today I'm going to be talking about body language, the way the body speaks to us or to others, right? They say 90% of conversation is not even spoken. I just read a book called Blink is what it was called and it was how there was a gentleman who was able to tell if a married couple was going to stay together forever, you know, for their entire lives, just by watching a two-minute conversation between the two of them. Two-minute conversation. It might have even been less, a minute. And for some reason, he was capable of getting it ninety right 90% of the time, if they were going to be together or not. And he called, it was something called Thin Slicing. It was an okay book. You know, it wasn't really that intriguing but for some people that might be your you know that might be your taste and your flavor of reading so I would definitely recommend it for those of you for me I kind of practiced my speed reading when I got halfway through the book uh, but it had some decent concepts in it <clears throat> but once again you know I mean the first one we can go with I didn't do too much studying on this one so it's going to be really brief and it's just body language in general. Like if you're around someone with the op of the opposite sex, maybe you're on a date. You know, they're always going to say, like if a lady plays with her hair, that language of the body, that unspoken language means that she's attracted to you. Or if that person is going to imitate and mirror your movements. That means, you know, like you're in sync with each other. And then there's supposedly chemistry. So someone that would be looking at you, that is in the restaurant, wherever you're at, can see that there is chemistry and understand um, that there is a spark there, right? Or at least some common interest in each other. Or just in general, if you are a person or you were to witness somebody walking, you can tell if, you know, if they're looking down, that would mean usually there's less confidence in that person. They might be scared, intimidated by the world or the situation that they're in. 
Once again, you would be avoiding eye contact. You're just looking down. Or for someone, you know, they might say if you've got that hunch and you are hunched over, kind of shoulders caving in, of course, that's muscle imbalances. I'm going to get to that later. But that could be just the body itself. You're, you know, you're, you're growing old. Maybe you're, you're too, you're too uh, centered on yourself. You think too much, so you're collapsing in on yourself. It's somewhere along those lines. And there are a lot more when it comes to body language. Like I said, I'm not a big fan. I haven't really tried to study it because there were some guys that I was listening to for a little bit or they were guests on podcasts that I was listening to and that I subscribed to. And it all seemed like it was more of the art of picking up a chick. Right? If a chick does this, if a chick does this, that means she's available, whatever the case may be. So that just kind of shut me down from wanting to really understand body language. Like I said, that book called Blink at least shed a better light or was able to interest me a little bit more because it wasn't all about seduction. And when it comes to body language, it seems like a lot of people use it as a seductive tool which I just haven't been able to really dive more into it. But hopefully I will one of these days. I probably should have before this podcast, but I did not. So another way that the body is going to communicate with you, we are going to go right now with body odor or acne. If you have bad body odor or acne, this is another way that your body is speaking to you. Now, you need to be able to understand the language of the body. So a lot of the times they will say if you have horrible body odor or acne, we've got to understand if we are sweating, we are releasing toxins from the body. So that's a great thing. But if we have horrible body odor, that could mean that we have so many toxins and we are flushing them out that is creating that horrible smell. And it is toxic, you know, those toxins that build up in the body. Same thing with acne. It's your body's way of releasing the toxin from the pore because, of course, you can sweat from any part of your body because there are sweat glands everywhere. So, of course, you sweat out of your face. It happens when you work out, right? It's running down your face. You, you know, some people have a buddy who just gets sticky. He doesn't actually sweat beads of sweat. Me, I sweat like a pig. It's, it's craziness. When I used to play hockey, you know, I could wring my jersey out like a towel, like a wet towel that I sweat so much. Uh, but once again, that's another way of your body releasing toxins and maybe that toxin particle is just so big that maybe it's getting stuck in the pore and now it's creating the zit the blackhead the pussy whitehead thing whatever um and once again it's just another sign that there are toxins in your body and you in some way shape or form have ingested it whether it be the environment the food the water whatever chemicals somehow makeup has gotten into your body and it's a way of detoxing and bad acne is what that means another one is going bald now this is going to be i just looked this one up it's a <clears throat> the production of dht where it's just another form of a testosterone for men 
and you can buy blockers, lotions, and things like that, shampoos that are going to help with this. But once again, it is going to be a hormone issue in the body. And unfortunately for some people, it's just irreversible or, you know, it's hereditary. I'm starting to go bald myself. Starting to go back there a little bit. Pretty soon I might have that little island on the front of my head and then I'm just bicking it. I'm going to be completely bald. I'm not going to roll around with the horseshoe or the little island on the front of my head. But once again, it is just another way of your body letting you know that there is some form of an imbalance. If you can't sleep correctly, I, I think I've talked about this in, in another uh, another one of the podcasts, or at least definitely on the YouTube videos, it's that same concept. You know, people that are wired and tired. You're really tired, then once you lay down, you can't go to sleep. This is your body's way of saying that there is something wrong. For some people, they're very um, sensitive to caffeine. And if you're very sensitive to caffeine, then it's almost no matter what time of day you drink caffeine it stays in your body too long that is giving you difficulties trying to sleep it could be your environment it could be i've heard if you eat at least a large carb dinner it can help with your sleep because sometimes it's your blood sugar drops so low that it'll keep you waking up in the middle of the night that's my issue i wake up at least every hour or two or three when I sleep, I can fall asleep instantly within a few minutes, but I, I can't stay asleep. Um, so I've been trying to eat larger meals at dinner, but it just doesn't happen sometimes. Hopefully I can be a little more consistent and then I will be able to have better information on that. But once again, it's something to look into. Eating that carbohydrate or uh, what is it, trep treptophan? I think it is the amino acid that they say is found in the turkey and then it is abundant in the carbohydrate that's going to help you sleep. I think it's tryptophan, um, something like that. But look into the amino acids. One of the amino acids will help with sleep. And then, of course, since I brought that up, sometimes they say you want to be careful with the melatonin. It is a hormone, and you don't want to be consuming a hormone. Just like if you were to consume testosterone, it can damage the user, the steroid user, right? It can damage you. It can give you cancer. They say melatonin is a hormone. Be very careful when you are using it. Same thing, ladies, I hate to say it, be careful when you are on these birth control pills. All it is is estrogen. You are taking a hormone. And when you think about it, don't you think it's kind of weird that it's illegal for a man to take steroids, which is just the male hormone testosterone, but it's okay for a woman to take a birth control pill, which is just estrogen. <clears throat> or at least that's what I've heard. I could be completely wrong. Once again, do your research, please. Same thing with bad breath. This could mean you have oral issues. You have horrible or at least bad, to some extent, oral health. Bacteria growing. I know for me, I've started using one of those tongue scrapers 
where you can just scrape the top of your tongue, get all that gunk out. Sometimes it'll, they'll say it's just growth and bacteria on the tongue, which once again is poor oral health. Could be gum disease, things of that, that nature. So once again, it's looking at trying to find the real cause because we've got to understand that a lot of these medications, at least here in the Western world, it's rampant prescription drug use is going to just mask the symptom. We've got to do research that is going to give us the ability to find the cause and eliminate the cause. We don't want to just suppress the symptom. We want to ensure that we eliminate this issue for good, which means we need to find the cause. And usually it's going to always come back to what beauty products you're putting on your face, your body, lotions, what products you're putting in your hair, what are you drinking, what are you eating, what are you laying on. These couches and everything nowadays, these beds have flame retardants on them that will prevent them from burning as fast if your house catches on fire and you're going to lay on it every night and they say it'll take two to three weeks for it to air out so we've just got to be careful this this stuff is everywhere that is causing these issues inflammation this is the same thing we have aches and pains in our bodies from inflammation due to you might be allergic to these foods or these products and not even know it so once again, I think it's very valuable if you can find a reputable company that can test for allergies, allergens, things that don't agree with you and your body, and you can make sure that you are not using these on a daily basis. Next is going to be aches and pains, right? Does your knee hurt? Does your shoulder hurt? Does your neck hurt? Does your low back hurt? This is a way that the body is trying to communicate with you to let you know that there was something wrong. And a majority of the time, this is going to be a muscle imbalance or a muscle that is stuck activated and unable to release and relax. And I just now, right before I started this podcast, I purchased my corrective exercise certification. And this one looks like it's going to be a doozy. It was over $1,000 for this certification. They give you a, year, a full year to study and take these tests. It's going to be six different tests, I think. Uh, it's going to be outrageous. It's going to be fun. Um, so you're definitely going to want to stay tuned to the YouTube videos. Once I start getting these down, I'm going to start sharing this information with you. Um, so hopefully you will be able to overcome these issues as well. But once again, you know, people will be thinking to themselves, or you might be thinking right now, why is he going to give this out on a YouTube video for free? Right? It's the same thing with the workouts and this information. It doesn't matter. What did I start with at the beginning? Uh, knowledge is power. Power is knowledge applied. Right? It doesn't matter if I make a workout video if you're not going to use it. Right? It's like I said, all this information's out there, and, a, and a lot, right now a lot of people don't view my YouTube channel. So it really doesn't matter. The information is out there and nobody's using it. I have a client right now that I work with that has just had knee surgery and we do workouts, but he has also hired me just because he knows he's not doing his physical therapy on his own. So he is hiring me to go over there and ensure 
that he performs his physical therapy exercises so he can get healthier faster. And of course, we do other things because he needs to lose weight and, you know, and, he, and other issues, health issues. So, uh, but once again, it doesn't matter if this information is out for free. It doesn't matter how much you give out for free. If people don't have the motivation, discipline, and obedience to actually apply it, it doesn't matter. That's why sometimes you need a personal trainer at some point in your fitness journey because you're lacking the motivation and you might just slip, stumble, and never get back up. But back to the topic, aches and pains. There are two main muscle imbalances that a majority of people have. And one is lower cross syndrome, lower cross syndrome, and that is going to be at the hips. And what this is, is everything works in a cross pattern or a diagonal pattern. So if you have a lot of low back pain, this could be the reason why. And like I said, it's lower cross syndrome. And what this means is, a majority of the time, is that the front of your legs, your quads, are really tight. So they're shortened, right? Which means you're kind of bent over at the waist, leaning forward. And you'll notice these people because they're leaning forward a little bit, and and their butt sticks out, right? So their butt is sticking out and they're leaning forward a little bit and then their body's got to correct itself to be more upright. So now it engages the low back to bring you back up looking straight. So what does that mean? That means your quads, the front of your legs are really tight and your low back is tight because you have to engage the low back to get your body more upright. If not, you would just be looking at the ground. And then on the other end, that means... Now that you are engaged in that low back, now your stomach is elongated, right? So now your stomach is long, which means it's weak, it's not activated, and then your butt cheeks and your upper hamstring is weak. So what does that mean? If you have the lower cross syndrome, that means you need to stretch your quads, you need to stretch your low back, you need to strengthen your abs, and then you need to strengthen your glutes, your butt cheeks, right? And maybe even that upper hamstring. So there's the lower cross syndrome, tight quads, tight low back, weak abdominals, weak glutes. That's what that means. And sometimes you can get away with body weight. I was dealing with this issue for the longest time. And what I have observed is that with the abdominal exercises, you need to add weight. Body weight is okay, but we need to be able to add weight because we need to build and strengthen those muscles. Body weight crunches really aren't going to build strength. You can get a good contraction and use the muscle. There's something I'll, I'll go with as well, sensory motor amnesia. I will talk about that in a little bit. Um, but once again, I'm going to encourage to use weighted ab exercises. Now we've got to understand the problem now with weighted ab exercises is this might increase the size of your stomach, right? If I'm doing a bicep curl, I expect my bicep to get bigger because I'm using weight. So now if you are crunching with a weight, 
your stomach could get bigger. Why? Because those abdominal muscles are going to get bigger, thicker. And of course, you know, you got to eat properly and do all these other things. I wouldn't worry about it. Um, but once again, I'm always going to recommend weighted ab exercises. Okay, so next, neck pain. This is going to be upper cross syndrome, and it's going to be the exact same thing. If you have upper cross syndrome, what this usually means is your chest is really tight. Someone, their their shoulders are going to be pulled forward. They're going to be round, and then their neck is going to be engaged, the back of their neck, almost like their head is even forward. If you're standing there, as you're sitting here right now listening to this, push your head forward. Push your head forward. Now feel the back of your neck engage. If you push your chin out, the back of your neck engages, right? So now that is tight. Your chest is tight. And then what is weak is the front of your neck is weak, right? The front of your neck is weak. And then your upper back is weak. We've got that cross syndrome, right? Back of the neck, upper chest, front of the neck, upper back. So... What does that mean? We need to stretch the neck out. We need to stretch the chest out or the back of the neck out. We need to stretch the back of the neck. We need to stretch the chest and we need to strengthen the front of the neck and we need to strengthen the upper back. Strengthening the upper back is going to pull the shoulders back into place properly, bring them from that rounded state to better posture. And then once again, if you strengthen the front of the neck, that's going to help pull that neck back as well. And once again, once I get this certification, once I get all the textbooks and the DVDs in, I'll be learning more. I'll be sharing all this information with you. And hopefully, this is going to help you. But once again, that is upper cross syndrome. So look at the two, see what's some other exercises. And once again, as I learn, I will be sharing these exercises with you. One I would look into, it's... it's it's a little strange and it's a little weird, but look into reflexology. And they do this with the hands. They do this with the feet. And they say this can help with aches and pains. I've, I'm not too sure about it, but you never know. Um, I'm just throwing options out there for you. So reflexology is put your hands out in front of you, palms up right now. Go ahead and put your hands out in front of you, palms up. Now just push them together where your pinkies are touching and your hands are touching right there in the middle. So they would say that line that your two hands make when they touch each other, that would be your spine. And then from there, just pretend that your hand is your body. So if your heart hurts, that would be on the left side, right? Which if you're looking at it, I would assume means would be your, your right hand. And you would pressure point that area of your body where it hurts. That would be your spine. Once you get down closer to your wrist, that's your leg, your foot. You can find a chart. Look at the chart. And that would be reflexology, trigger pointing that part of your hand that would correlate with your body. And then you can do the exact same thing, they say, with your feet, where you would put your feet together in the same way. It might be big toe, you know, big toe to big toe. I can't remember. And once again, you can find these charts. Just Google reflexology chart. Hit the image button, you know, find the images. You'll see it right there. And it would be the, it would be the exact same thing as your hands, but it would be with your feet. And then you would trigger point those areas on your feet that would correlate with that area of your body if you're having pain and issues in that part of your body. Next, the last one here would be somatics. Somatics. 
somatics. And this is where I talked about the sensory motor amnesia. This is where a muscle is engaged and firing and it is unable to disengage or deactivate. Kind of like a cramp, right? But you're just stuck in a, in a major cramp mode. That would be the equivalent of that lower back pain with the lower cross syndrome. The psoas muscles, if I remember correctly, they attach at the spine, the low back, and then they come down under and they attach in on the inner and upper thigh. So that muscle goes from your inside of your thigh up into your low back. So if that muscle's engaged, it's engaged and squeezing from your leg, your lower leg, into your low back and squeezing and pulling on itself. So now we've got to be able to activate that muscle, let the brain know, hey, this is the muscle I want to activate, and then relax it. And then activate it, relax it, activate it, relax it, letting the body once again realize how that muscle works. And then once, you, once the body can recognize, oh, hey, yeah, that's what that muscle is. That's the one that's engaged. Now it can turn it off, and you, that can help eliminate aches and pains as well. Once again, stretching, all these things, myofascial release, which would be the foam rolling, massages, things like that are all going to help with these pains. So next, I'm going to go with the last one. This one is for my Christian brothers or spiritual people as well. This can help with anybody on a spiritual journey. This is going to be a Catholic view though, because I am Catholic. Um, a lot of books written by Pope John Paul II, now Saint John Paul II, and this is theology of the body. This is another language of the body, right? So. We as Christians believe that Jesus was the Son of God, was God himself, so it is God in the flesh. That's why it is theology of the body. Theology is study of God, and then the body, God came down, united himself in the flesh, so now there is this theology of the body, God, body. He came down, and he became man. So now, this is the study of the body. And this will be a lot to do with relationships. And this is really deep. Look into theology of the body. Some of Pope John Paul the second uh, books. I think one is Love and Responsibility. Um, the theology of the body. The actual textbook that he wrote is... I think it's... And, they call, and he called him man and woman. I think it was. Or he made them male and female. One of those two. If not, just look up theology of the body. You're going to find immense amount of information on this this you know i think they said the pope wrote in his time he was the second longest pope standing pope ever at 29 years and they said he wrote enough that would be the equivalent i think it was of nine bibles i think he wrote a lot of stuff theology of the body and this is just understanding man and woman and how they complement each other. I've heard it said best that if an alien species was to come to Earth and they just saw the man by himself or the woman by himself, they would be confused. They'd be like, huh, what is this weird creature? I don't understand what this creature is. And then if they saw a woman, of course, if they are able to travel here from another planet, they'd be like, oh, I understand. This goes here, this goes here. They complement each other. We've got to understand we complement each other. We complement, we complement, we complement each other. 
All right, we are different. <laughs> I understand we want equal rights in the in the women's movement of this, but um, we've got to understand we complement each other. Uh, so next would be you know the beauty of sex. I'm gonna go like the beauty of sex. When people think of sex and they think of Christians, they think, oh my goodness, it's so bad. Christians see it as a bad thing, a bad thing. And this is one of the greatest quotes that I heard. They said Pope. John Paul II said, he said, the only, the problem with pornography is not that it shows too much, but it's that it shows too little. Why? Because pornography views the female as an object and not a human being. We can't, we can't talk to her. We don't know her thoughts. We don't know her emotions. It is an object and that's it. An object for our pleasure. Whether you're male or female, women watch pornography as well. And that is why men have a lot of difficulties having conversations with women. Because they only see women as an object when they are sitting there and just watching pornography every night. It's a big struggle for men. We are very visual. And there's studies out there now that are showing that pornography itself is deteriorating the male brain. And harming us and preventing the male brain from maturing. It actually stunts the maturity of even women. But of course, since it's from what people know or people think, it is more of an issue in men. Now, once again, the beauty of sex. The, the beauty of sex is we say in, in, as Catholics that it is a sacrament. It is sacred. It is something sacred between the man and the woman. And that's why we believe it is something that should be saved for that special person. It is another way that the male and female can communicate with each other and express their love for each other. It is sacred. You know, I think a lot of people can agree that you know, don't you kind of wish if you are married and you have that marriage that you feel is just wonderful, the right person? Don't you wish at one point in your life, have you ever thought, I wish I would have saved my first time for this man, for this woman? I think all of us have probably thought about that. Um, and once again, it's this theology of the body concept. I, I just mentioned it is not seeing a human being as an object. They are humans themselves. Right? They are not an object. They are humans. They have feelings. They have emotions. Right? So they are not an object. And that's what he says in today's world, the human being has become a commodity. This is what Pope John Paul II says to some extent. It has become a commodity. You know, same thing. We have a we abort babies just so we can sell their body parts. It's a commodity. That's what we do with wheat with cows, with chickens. That's not what it's about, right? And once again, it is this theology of the body. Since I'm on it, I'm going to go dive a little deeper into it. It's the same reason why the Catholic Church sees contraception as a bad thing. We see it as a bad thing is because you are playing the role of God, right? They say, when you say to your spouse, for better, for worse, I give you my all. I give you everything. That means you should be willing to give that person your seed. When we are having sex, we have to be open to life at all times. That's the body's. The body is naturally that way. If you have sex, you should have a baby. That is what it's about, right? 
Same thing, this is why uh, masturbation is looked down upon in the Catholic faith. Because that's an interior thing. It is a selfish thing. We are beings that are supposed to be loving and giving to each other. And we are supposed to serve others. And masturbation is a selfish act. It's me, 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 me. And then once again, then we wonder why when we get around a woman, or women get around men... All of a sudden, now you can't perform. You've been selfish with this act, and you cannot now express love the way God would express love. Right? You you can't fully engage in the beauty of sexual intercourse with your loved one. So that was a lot. I got you know, got a little off there. But once again, like I said, if you want to dive deeper into this theology of the body. Um, it is some amazing stuff. Um, you know, it's just another way that the body speaks. The body has this way of communicating. And like I said, it's very interesting. So, there it is. We have the whole language of the body. Understand the body, whether it be, right? We went through body odor, acne, toxins, going bald, bad breath, inflammation due to allergies, foods, Toxins, we did posture, muscle imbalances, lower cross syndrome, upper cross syndrome. There's a lot more. You can go plantar fasciitis, you can go headaches. All these things can be related to muscle imbalances. And then, of course, we went with theology of the body, that spoken language of love. And I'll leave you with one more quote, which I thought was great, where you know, they say love is a decision. If we are going from a Christian perspective, because I heard this today when I was listening to something, you know, they said, Jesus says, I tell you, you know, not to love your neighbor, but love your enemy. Because even the pagan loves his neighbor, even the pagan loves his family, even the pagan loves da 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 da. But to love your enemy, is the hardest thing to do. And in order to love someone that hurts you, you have to make the decision to love them. And that's another thing that's wrong with marriage in today's world. Sorry, I'm ranting here. You know, is we are too busy thinking that love is a feeling when in reality it is not. Right? Your child's always going to hurt you. Your child, your husband's probably going to hurt you. Your family members are going to hurt you. But, you know, um, they're your family. Right? I have family members that I've embarrassed, I'm embarrassed about, but I still love them no matter what. That's my choice. Um, even with people that I have hurt, I'm trying to love my enemy. I'm trying to ask for forgiveness. I'm trying to right the wrong. And the only way that you can do that is by it being a decision. And we've got to understand that the greatest... sign of love is we've got to understand that love is wanting what's best for the other person that is love once again not an object love isn't what do i get from this love is what can i give to them what can i do to make their life better that is love wanting that you know their dreams to come true that is love and i'm working on it daily you know, we all struggle with it. We all have issues and we all have areas of our life we need to improve on. But there you go. I hope this helped. This is.
body languages. Once again, email me if you have any other thoughts. If you just want to say, hey, it was good, it was bad, whatever, I will read them on the podcast. And since I brought that up, I should have said this at the beginning. For those of you who are still listening, I want to say hello and thank you to Meg Miram for following me on SoundCloud. I should have said that at the beginning. I I apologize greatly. But once again, thank you, Meg Merum, for subscribing. And once again, if you if you send me an email, good or bad, I'll read it. You know, hopefully you can limit the profanity if it's a bad one. But once again, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. Your time is valuable. You're spending it with me. Don't forget to check out that YouTube channel, True Results 303. Sign up for that free newsletter at trueresults303.com. Check out the free guides, setting goals, supplementation, nutrition. And there was one more thing, but I forgot. And once again, just share this podcast with someone. Let somebody know it's out there. Hopefully it can help them. If it's helping you, I'm sure it'll help them. Even if it's not helping you, it might help someone that you know. So once again, I want to thank you and stay tuned for another episode.